Welcome world. This is episode one of Manning's Madhouse. I'm your host, Mad Manning. So, for episode one, we have uh, a bit of a life twist. Uh, This isn't the plan for the show. Um, We're going to have some people in, talk about some stuff, and basically whatever interests me and as there's shit that you guys want to hear, we'll talk about that, but this week, uh, got some real curveballs in life, so I guess this is a good intro, this is where I'm at in life, hope you guys enjoy, and if it resonates with anybody, don't be afraid to reach out. That's what we're here for. Live and laugh. Have a good one, y'all. Welcome to the rant of somebody who has had to go down a very, very winding, fucked up road to find the path that they were on already. But so I was married um, we met when we were young and we went to school together um, at one point I uh, um, she was dating somebody me and him kind of got into it and it upset her and she stopped talking to me. We didn't talk for like two years. And then randomly on my birthday, one day, I got a text message from her and I was shocked and I was happier than you can imagine. We hung out that day, and it was funny. She just kind of came to my house, and we sat in my car for a little bit. And, I mean, we hadn't seen each other for a long time. I didn't question it at all. She was my best friend. Whatever was said time taken to just not speak to me, it didn't matter. I loved her. She was my best friend. And I was going to be there for her regardless. Because no matter what, as much as I tried to hate her, and hate her for what she did, couldn't stop loving her.
and we started talking more, and we were friends again, and she was dating somebody, and then I started seeing someone. After a while, I remember being at Jack in the Box one day, and I'm in the drive-thru, and I get a text message, and it's this long paragraph, and... She's just talking about how confused she is. And at the end, it basically ends with, and I have this weird thing for my best friend, and I don't know what the fuck it is. And I, at the time, I was completely thrown back. Like, I've been trying for years, and nothing. But now all of a sudden, right, when I'm finally seeing somebody, because through all of high school and everything, I couldn't picture myself with anybody because she was all I wanted. And I said no. I said I was seeing somebody and I wanted to see how that played out. And that day, well, not that day, but from there, she just really didn't, she respected it, but at the same time, she went for it. Like, She wanted me and she went for it. And it ended up happening. And it was great. And we were young and it was quite good. And then, I mean, we were super young and jumping into a family and this and that scared off and I broke up with her that lasted a few months and I just I felt like inside after waiting so long for her and trying to show her so much how much I loved her in my confusion I also wanted to see if it was real so I wanted to see if she'd wait for me, like I waited for her. And I left to Puerto Rico, and I was talking to her, and I said, look, I'll give you an answer when I get back. I don't know. I miss her, and I do love her, and I wanted to just see. She ended up seeing somebody, and I still couldn't see myself without it. And we started dating again, and it was great again. And then the next year we moved in together, and she gave me the chance to be a father. And that was something that, since I didn't have a dad, was something I always wanted. 
because I wanted to be there like my dad was. And I wasn't the greatest person at the time. It wasn't that good at all. If I'm being honest, a lot of my friends from that time are dead in jail, not really doing much. And not that I'm doing much, but I was able to pull myself from that because of her and because I was a dad. They gave me a reason to live and wake up and go to work and knowing that someone wanted to be with me forever and knowing that there was a baby out there depending on me that loved me regardless it meant so much and one of the things that I never was able to get rid of was how much I watched for because not only did I only want her in high school, but I wasn't that great looking, so it wasn't easy. So it wasn't easy for me to find somebody. And I just, you know, it became one of those things that, fuck it, I'll just watch porn and jerk off. Well, feel like it was a lot like when I used to do coke. It started off as just fucking, it's not that bad. And the next thing you know, you know, you're doing a gram of coke to clean a room that's not even the size of a jail cell. And you're jerking off fucking eight, nine, ten times a day, right? Like some fucking slave master who's just like, oh, I don't like this slave. Beat. Beat, beat, beat. No, that's what it becomes. And it's funny because a lot like that slave master thought there was nothing wrong with it. Motherfucker, neither do you. And that shit works, you. And it it brought me to a place where I expected my wife to be a whore like that for me and to love it and to want to do it. And it should have been expected that because I provided for the family, that's what it was. And I know that's what it was then. Fuck no. I just thought my wife didn't love me and what the fuck, I already do everything. And this led to basically a shit situation where she kind of stepped out of our marriage to for attention, if, if you will, you know. Um, she told me that she did not have sex with anybody, and I believe her. But I do know that she was talking to some people and whatnot. And 
it destroyed me because once again it just I've never been able to picture her with anybody else ever and I mean that like as a kid being just her friend I couldn't stand that shit as her boyfriend having known her past boyfriends it fucking killed me as her husband I never thought I'd see it and then We were married to that point yet, but either way, I'm jumping ahead, sorry. So, we get back together, and the point after this is amazing, because we've been open and honest with each other like we never have before, and one thing that we said was that we could not let our relationship do that, and that we both had to put in the work to stay open and stay honest and communicate with how we were feeling and what we were going through and what we wanted and do essentially fucking check-ins and just make sure that we weren't falling into that same routine of not wanting to talk. Well, not necessarily not wanting to talk, but shutting down and essentially letting it all just fester. Um, not long after we had our son and I mean he wasn't a save the relationship baby because we had already decided we were going to save it and I honestly know that I was closer to my wife than I ever have been because I took the time to make it so and she had a bad self-image, so we would take a bath together every night. And it wasn't sexual, and I would wash her, and she would wash me. And it was just a very intimate, sensual thing that she and I, I know I loved it. And it made me feel wanted. And it made me feel loved. And it made me feel like I was handsome, which is something that I never in my life felt. And I like to think that I made her feel the same way. And our actions in that point showed that I did. I mean, we were closer than ever. We never had sex that much and that great. And my son came and we were happy and we've been a family. And I mean, I didn't see her postpartum depression. 
And I think the times I did, I treated it like, hey, we got bigger fish to fry. You know, our kids, blah, blah, blah. I didn't take the time to address her and do what it took to make her feel loved and wanted again because I turned my attention and I felt like with one kid, we had time for us and with two, our focus was them. And that's not true, that's not cool, that's not what it should have been at all. And through all this time, I'm still watching porn fucking ridiculously a lot. And you add that to the feeling of, well, why do I feel like I'm doing everything? And there's always that nagging from the addiction that she doesn't do this, she doesn't do that, she doesn't love you. And I'm like, nah, it's not the case. She's tired, she's a mom. But, I mean, you do enough coke and fucking, it's just not enough, you know? So, after everything, I mean, just, somebody tried to grab my attention and basically offered everything that porn made me believe was love. And... I let my addiction take over and believe that this woman didn't love me because she didn't do any of that for me. But in reality, I didn't do anything that would have led to her wanting to do that for me. I didn't make her feel loved. I didn't make her feel wanted. I stopped making her feel fucking beautiful. When... Every girl I've ever talked to that wasn't her at any point of even just trying to let go and unclutch and when she wouldn't talk to me and when she, anything. It's always been someone like her. In some way, they remind me of her. Because she's all I want. She's all I've wanted ever. But anyway, so the addiction leads me to believe that this other chick throwing whatever at me and making me think of my dick is love, right? So I believe that my wife doesn't love me. Sorry, I'm chewing gum because my mouth is super dry. Give me a second. Okay, so in thinking that I'm not happy for valid reasons and not understanding that I'm just being a piece of shit who doesn't know how to control an addiction and doesn't know how to ask for help, I leave my wife and
I didn't talk to the other chick at the time when I left. I held on strong for about a month and a half. And I was making changes. Or at least trying to. And I feel like the addiction was still running. At that point, I still hadn't acknowledged that it was a problem. And the addiction takes over again. She's throwing fucking everything Pornhub has ever taught me is love. And it I let it take over. And it's funny because it sounds like I was just fucking her all the time and this was the whole thing. No. Probably had sex once a month. Probably got a blowjob twice a month. It was the constant attention. She would literally tell me, hey, I need you. I need you soon. I miss you. It's It's been too long. I need you. And just that, just that being told constantly that you're wanted in a sexual fashion, which that was really only ever it. Like, when you're someone who believes that through porn you've been told that if it's not a blowjob all fucking day and she's not letting you fucking stick it in her ass every fucking morning that it's not love... When you're being told things like that, you think that's fucking love. And it's a lot like someone who just started doing meth that starts dating someone who does meth. That shit doesn't, it doesn't help. And she fucking encouraged me to watch porn more. She's like, I don't care, go ahead and do it. It's fine, there's not a problem with that at all. And... Who's going to argue with someone enabling their addiction, right? But I missed my wife the whole time. And what was funny is she knew the other chick. Because anytime we argued, no matter what the issue, it would always come around to, that's why you fucking hide me? That's why you want to fix it with your fucking wife? Go, go ahead. You want to be a dad? You want to be a husband so bad? Go back to your precious Devin. Since I'll never be good enough to be your precious Devin. And every time that came up, Mike stop. Do not. Don't fucking go there. Because I was not going to let her sit there and talk about Devin like that. Because she was right. And she knew it. And she knew that she would never mean to me what Devin meant to me. Means to me. My wife, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to say her name. And what ended up happening through all this is every time an argument would start, it was. I'm going to kill myself, I'm going to kill myself, I'm going to kill myself, I'm going to kill myself. And 
I'm in person, yo. I have a heart. I could see Devin moving on from me. And it fucking hurt. But I knew that she wasn't going to kill herself. As much pain as that was going to be for her to move on. I couldn't have someone's life on my conscience. And then it became too much. And I had to get to a point where I could say, fuck it. If I have to live with someone's death on my conscience for the rest of my life, in order to try and win back my wife and kids, I will. Because that's all I wanted. And in the recent weeks that I've been trying to not watch porn, it's hard. But I will say that It hasn't been weeks consecutive. I've had some breakdowns, whatever. Right now, I'm at like one week, almost. I think today's a week, but I haven't watched one. The changes aren't immediate, dude. But since I've recognized what the issue is in me, what one of my biggest issues is, being addicted to porn and being a dumbass. It's not hard to see what it did to you. As I'm sure a lot of drug addicts look back at their life and go, fuck, man. What did I do? let this idea of a thing that isn't me take over. And then I let myself be held by someone else's fucking mental illness. My path to enlightenment, to see the man I'm striving to be, and the man I know I can be, and the father my kids deserve. And the husband and best friend always wanted to beat her. But I guess after six months of mixed signals, really, 
because if I was not with her, I had to worry about a fucking mentally ill psycho over my back, wondering what I was texting or getting too close or where is he at? What the fuck is he doing? And well, why do you need to stay there? What do you mean? Well, it's convenient. Well, what the fuck? But then you're going to be with her. And it just, the only chance I had to tell her how I felt was ever in person. And I know I never pulled her aside to tell her. But I made sure. Um, um, I made sure to always ask what she needed. I wanted her to know that I care. I'm still here. And every time she'd come pick up the kids and put them in their chairs or get them in the car, walk over to her side to close her door and I'd wait. As soon as that door closed or whatever, or they got in the car, I would make sure to say I love you guys. I always tried to look directly at her when I said it so that she knew I loved her. felt like felt like a hostage being able to see their loved one and being like no it's fine I'm okay I want to be here and then I would turn around and walk back into that house where you know it's not fine and you would give anything to run back out there. Open that car door and get in and say, I'm coming home. And we're going to fix this. And I love you. And I'm fucking so sorry. But... <clears throat> that's not where we're at and that's not how life is playing out and that's not where life lies so these six months have taught me a lot learned to respect for myself I didn't have I've learned the meaning of sacrifice like I've never known If I have to thank the other chick for anything, in all of the craziness and 
the guilt and dealing with everything. One thing I learned was, <laughs> ironically, communication. Like, granted, I learned the lesson with my wife. We understood the lesson. This chick, if she could have had a fucking live stream to my brain for every thought I had, she would have. And in communicating with her, I was able to be more honest with myself because I was adjusting things that I didn't want to at all. So, I mean, as I stand, I can't say my road to enlightenment is done. But I know that it's now intersected with a long, long road to redemption. I don't want my old relationship back because I'm not the old me. I don't want my old wife back because the woman she is now the woman that I see She's made changes to start becoming. The confidence. In. Knowing what she wants. What she likes. Nothing sexier than someone who knows themselves and is confident in that. And it's been six months and I didn't have someone, I, I didn't have, she wasn't the one to teach me who I am and what I want. And I wasn't the one to teach her that. And that sucks. But at the same time, I know that I don't want to be that man for anyone else. No. At all. And... Am I happy that this all happened? Fuck no. But when I've made changes that any of this happened, 
I don't think so. And by that I mean everything. Like, if I didn't have the porn addiction and leave my wife, I would not have been through the hell I went through to notice, hey, what the fuck are you doing with your life? You're addicted to porn and look around, bro. You're a shit person. Don't have self-control. Don't treat anybody with respect. I guess I had to see somebody with no self-control and no respect towards others. I essentially had to be in a relationship with me to understand that I'm a fucked up person. Granted, I'm not that fucked up. I'm not like a, if you leave me, I'll kill myself fucked up. But I know I'm a fucked up person. And what's crazy to me is I... <laughs> That's funny. She just texted me, and I think it's hilarious because I know that she's with a dude. And <laughs> all I want to do right now is make her laugh because I know that I could text one toilet seat, and she would probably just be like, This fucking asshole. Matter of fact, let's have some fun, people. We're not even going to say the whole thing. We're just going to say WTS and laugh. (laughs) If there's anything I do love about the relationship I've always had with her, it's fuck, the jokes, like, I used to get very disrespectful, okay? I will say that. Some of my jokes were extremely fucking terrible. But I really, 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 I loved how much we could just sit and talk and bullshit, and it just, it was fun. I love it. And so basically where we stand now, it's been six months since I left. Today is Monday? Tuesday? Today's Tuesday. And this previous Friday... Uh, fucking three, four days ago. I basically broke down and came to her and was like, look, I fucking love you. Like, I'm, I don't think I've given her detail to the extent of this. Like, I have, but I haven't. Like, this recording in this podcast was for me. I... I've talked to my mom, I've talked to the woman I'm trying to win back, I've talked to everybody, and and uh, let me correct that again, not the woman I'm trying to win back, because she's not the same woman, I'm not the same guy, and it's, it's funny to me, because when I look at it now, and now that I've said literally from the beginning of our relationship to just about now, Granted, I left out 
the in-between of we were together a total five years, got married. October would have been three years, past October. But I left in August. And we've been through hell and back. Her dad died, my dad died. She was by my side. And her dad was in a nursing home. We would drive out there as much as we could to go see him. And I was there for her. And when my dad died, she didn't second guess when he came to live with us. And her uncle dying and my friends. And through all the hell we went through, we were there for each other. And it wasn't ever all bad. I mean... Before I went to Puerto Rico with my family to try to start a business to essentially try to support us and move out there and be successful was we went to Vegas and it was so much fun. I had a blast. And I couldn't see doing that with anyone else. For Comic Con here and the kids had so much fun. You can't see doing that with anyone else. At night, it went great after Comic Con because my addiction was in. I had already started talking to someone, and I'm sure I ruined the night. But that day, every every just hanging out with her. She's my best friend. It's fucking fun. Like we've been talking a little bit. Well not a little bit, we've been talking. Like just I guess what could be expected of people in our situation right now? reminiscing uh, being open about how we feel and how I hurt her and I've been extremely open about a lot of things Um, I just told her I felt Friday and yesterday uh, Sunday, Monday Basically, we're together all day with the kids. Um, yesterday, I it wasn't just us and the kids. Like, me and her were together alone for a little bit. I was... <clears throat> I know her depression. And I know her depression better than anyone else besides her. Because I've lived with it. And not only did I live with it, I contributed to it. And 
I know what it does to her. As a husband, I would look at it as, well, what the fuck, get over it. You're not the only one with problems. But again, that's me facing... Not me facing, but that was me operating under, well, you don't love me, so what's your problem? You're not the only one that sat around here. But again, I didn't do what I had to do as a husband to make my wife feel good, to feel beautiful, to feel smart, kind, special, everything that she fucking is. So now... She's with someone. I get to torture myself with that all the time. Even though I kind of already knew. And still don't want anyone else. Don't want to see anyone. Don't want to date anyone. I don't. Like, I, without telling her what it was at first, I put a lock. I mean, well, I set up uh, adult restrictions on the website for my phone, so I can't watch porn. But I needed a code. And I didn't trust myself to do it. So I asked her, without telling her what it was, I was like, hey, can you just set a code and don't tell me what it is? I said, okay. I was like, all right, thank you. And I can't think of anyone else, dude. <laughs> to the point that the other chick, the last couple times, like, I couldn't get hard. I couldn't come. I, I literally was having sex with her thinking of my wife. And it just, I had a breaking point, dude. You can only feel so much shame and guilt for so fucking long. Granted, six months of fucking shame of, oh, I'm going to kill myself. Hey, that ain't a long time, but that's some fucking heavy-ass guilt, bro. It really is, though. So, in my pain... I'm just, oh no, I'm here, and I feel like it's funny that we've come for a circle, because we started as her with somebody Very literally, like before that text came through that day, Jackie Marks, she was with someone. And whatever happened, she actually, I'm, I'm, the, I'm saying whatever happened, but I remember exactly. Because I asked her, I'll never forget this either. She said that there was a situation going on, and she was talking to her boyfriend and texting me. And it was weird because. 
he was telling her and just whatever. I was telling her that she needed to hear and what was right. And she was just realizing over time that I never left her side. Over everything. All the time, everything. And when she wouldn't talk to me, I still reached out. And I just I would not leave her side. And <laughs> it's just crazy, you know, because now I'm here where I was with somebody and I was wrong and I let everything else affect what I wanted and just broken it down to her almost exactly like she did to me. I got the same answer. <laughs> I'm sorry. I tried. I'm doing me. But that's almost exactly you know, she did try. I cannot say that she didn't try to fix it and offer therapy and everything and she did. But at the same time, I was just blinded to the fact that I wasn't okay. And I didn't think I needed therapy. Now, to say I don't know, I just find the irony of it crazy. Like, we're back Talk about full fucking circle, you know what I mean? Like, this all started as me with somebody that I was finally getting over her with, and that's what it was. Like, I, granted, we were never together, but I was damn near obsessed with her, and I was finally trying to let go and trying to untouch and trying to be with somebody, and it wasn't what happened. She kept going. And she wanted me. And she showed me that. And I'm going to do the same. I'm not going to stop. The same way she stood by me and didn't give up when she wanted me. No matter how many times I said no, or I said, I'm sorry, give me some chance, she didn't quit, and neither will I. Have a good night, y'all.